Hello, everyone, and welcome to Strictly JoJo, a podcast dedicated to JoJo's bizarre adventure. My name is Courtney. This is episode 61, and we're reviewing part six, Stone Ocean, Enter the Foo Fighters. As always, there'll be spoilers for this episode and anything that's happened in the JoJo anime. We talked a lot last episode about our confusion with the whole Kenzo and Dragon's dream arc. We are now wrapping that up with this episode, and honestly, I'm still kind of confused. I was going to say the same thing. We just watched the episode prior to this recording. And I know like Foo Fighters exploits Dragon's Dream in certain ways. But even that, I still don't get how she exploited it. Yeah, and I don't get like how the water was used in various ways to ensure that she didn't die and that she could trick Kenzo. So we'll get into all of that and try to make sense of what was happening here. But again, we warned you guys in the last episode, it's it's going to be just as difficult for us to figure that all out this time as it was previously. But we'll try our best. Um, really quick before I forget, the localized title for this episode is Enter the FF. FF being for Foo Fighters. Um, let's jump into some JoJo news because we have some really big news that came out just in time for us to talk about it. Yes, news that is much more exciting than the entirety of this episode and dare I say this two episode arc. So the first piece of news that we'd like to share is that as of the release of this episode, we would have celebrated the 10 year anniversary of David Productions' adaptation of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure into anime form. Uh, this anime premiered back in 2012 with the first episode of Part 1, Phantom Blood, Dio the Invader. And oh, how this series has indeed invaded our hearts and minds. So the official JoJo Twitter account to celebrate the occasion have released a visual of all six JoJo protagonists from the anime, uh, just happily celebrating this anniversary. Yeah, I can't believe um, that it's been 10 years since the anime started. And I can't believe how it actually has taken over our lives. I mean, here we are. I, I like to call ourselves diehard JoJo fans or very, um, very passionate JoJo fans to the point where we've started a JoJo podcast. We That's all we talk about here on Strictly JoJo is JoJo's Bizarre Adventure because we love it so much. And we assume you guys are joining us every week and listening to these episodes because you love JoJo as much as we do. And it's all thanks to David Production at adapting this into an anime. And not only that, but an incredible adaptation. Yeah, I mean, I know that I hopped on the JoJo bandwagon, what, maybe four or five years ago? So wasn't there at the very start of the anime adaptation, but I can't think of any other anime that we've collected figures and memorabilia from the most other than JoJo. I can't really think of any other anime besides Attack on Titan where I've quoted like lines and, and made so many references as I'm sure the community has. And again, we have David Production to thank for the incredible amount of work and dedication they put into this series that despite being created nearly 30 years ago by uh, Araki is still so very relevant today. But the excitement does not stop there because we have another piece of exciting JoJo news that came out recently. 
And that's with the sudden announcement of Stone Ocean Part 3. So the JoJo, the official JoJo Twitter also came out with a tweet stating that the remainder of Stone Ocean, which would be episodes 25 through 38, will be releasing Thursday, December 1st, 2022 on Netflix. And the broadcast in Japan will start airing in January 2023. I think the second core should have already started airing in Japan. But this was a bombshell that just came out of nowhere. I think we were expecting to see like a, a new core of Stone Ocean every year from 2021 through 2023, which this is still technically the case for the, the viewers in Japan. But Netflix, I felt like, or just just the JoJo production or whomever, just made this announcement very quietly. Yeah, it was dropped on Twitter, and that was it. There's no trailer. Um, there's nothing outside of this tweet and a really cool new promo image. Um, and for all of our members of our Discord, we're going to drop links to these tweets that you can see the visuals that we're talking about and the, the actual announcements. Um, so if you're not a member of our Discord, the link to join is in the description. But this visual for the third core is so intense. The, the shading, the coloring, like everything about it looks a little bit different um and a little bit more like mature and and dark than the other visuals that we've gotten for the first two cores i feel like we've seen this format for a poster before especially with like uh movies here in the west where it has like a, a compilation of all the characters uh from from a given movie and then it has this blue and orange color scheme you've have you seen those memes of like the movie posters that are all arranged the same way and then have yeah. that blue and orange. Like this isn't that extreme, but it it's very evocative of that. But I think it's because like with the, the darker palette, this is a uh, obviously a very pivotal point in Stone Ocean. And it, it just seeing this just makes me excited to see what's in store for this third core. And so this tweet confirms a couple of different things. So as um, as you mentioned, it's confirmation that we're going to get the third core um, on December 1st for Netflix folks um, that we don't have to wait really at all um, from the time at least we're done with our 12 week review of the second core to jump into the third core. Um, and I think what's really big is that we get confirmation of the total number of episodes uh, for Stone Ocean, which is going to be 38 episodes, meaning this last core is 13 episodes. And I think that's pretty on par with like part five and I think part th four. Uh, part five had 39 episodes. Uh, let me see how many part four had. Part four had 39 so right around that same area. So it's perfect. It's it's following that same um, runtime that the recent parts have had. I think the longest one still being part three. Um, but you know, with that stand of the week formula, you needed extra episodes for everything. So yeah, it's it's a really cool announcement that just kind of flew under the radar for a little bit until fans started sharing it um, around uh, you know the community. So it's a really cool and very big announcement for JoJo's Bizarre Adventure that sort of flew under the radar until this tweet started making its rounds around the, the JoJo community. But it's exciting nonetheless. I mean, it's it's a weird way to deliver the final core. Um, they're just kind of giving it to us. 
suddenly. Um, I, not that I'm mad, right? I want Stone Ocean sooner than later. I just hope that David Production has had the adequate time to animate everything and really give uh, part six the the ending that it deserves. Because the ending is, um, obviously, to spoil anything, the end the ending is gonna be big. Like it's it's gonna take a lot of effort to make this ending work in the anime adaptation. So I, I'm confident in David Productions work. Um, I just think other factors uh, playing, uh, how do I describe it? Like other factors putting pressure on them um, and impacting the way they normally would do things has me a little bit nervous. But regardless, I'm really excited to see the, the conclusion of Stone Ocean and to talk about it on Strictly Jojo. And who knows? Maybe they've they've had most of these episode po- episodes polished for however many years there was a gap between part five and part six. Uh, I would just wish again, with this being the final arc, I guess, of Stone Ocean, that they would put a little bit more pomp and circumstance behind it, rather than just just dropping it with like such short notice yeah netflix is really banking on the passion that jojo fans have like not even a, a trailer a key vis- or so there's a key visual but not even like a pv or anything maybe they'll come out with one a little bit later but um if you if you look at the the reply tweets or you look at reddit a lot of people are saying the same thing as they did for the second core that there's really no advertising going on for it there's no hype building they're just saying here it is it is what it is. Again, we've, we've beaten that dead horse a million times here on Strictly JoJo about our displeasure with the way Netflix has handled Stone Ocean, but I don't think that's going to change the product that David Production is going to give us at the end of the day. So I'm excited for that. In terms of our schedule, because now that is something we're going to have to address, we figured 12 weeks for the second core, then jumping back into our bi-weekly part three review series. However... With this announcement, um, if I'm looking at the calendar, I believe our final review episode for the second core of Stone Ocean will happen on November 21st. And then if the third core premieres on December 1st, then December 5th would be our next Stone Ocean episode. So we'll probably do something in between um, on November 28th just to fill that gap. Um, And then we'll jump right back into Stone Ocean and carry it through for 13 weeks until we say goodbye to Stone Ocean and jump right back into part three. Yeah, maybe a discussion episode. I know we've done a few of those as we were waiting for more announcements of Stone Ocean part two in the past. But yeah, it's crazy to think that like time's flown by so fast that I can't believe we're already close to the end of of stone ocean and who knows how long the wait's going to be until they adapt part seven because i know that's probably going to take a lot of work with the amount of horses (laughs) that appear in that part but yeah as much as there have been bumps along this road i I've, i've still enjoyed the journey and look forward to the conclusion And last, but certainly not least, in terms of um, announcements here on Strictly JoJo, we are super excited to announce that we have finally reached 50 reviews, 50 ratings, rather, on Spotify for this podcast. 
I'm looking at it right now. The nice big five zero. Thank you so, so much to everybody who has left us, left us a rating on Spotify. We really appreciate it. I know it's been a bit of a journey, um, but we're so happy to... A bit of an adventure. <laughs> a bizarre adventure. But we're so happy and so excited to get to that big five zero, the big... 50 rating. So yes, thank you everybody so much. We really appreciate it. Of course, if you haven't rated us, please do so if you're listening to us on um, one of the Spotify apps. Um, but yeah, thank you everyone. The support. One of the Spotify apps? Yeah, like Android <laughs> or iOS. Oh, it's, it's still one app. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> Either Android or iOS Spotify app. Um, you can still leave us a rating by hitting those stars. We very much appreciate it no matter how many ratings we have. But yes, thank you everybody for helping us reach 50. It's awesome. It's so nice to breathe that sigh of relief and say we've done it. We've reached that goal. All right, now to the boring part of this episode. <laughs> it's not boring. It's just confusing. <laughs> well, I feel like it's the same way we felt with the previous episode. You found it to be boring. I found it to be confusing. I, I think it's the same thing here. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 what I'm saying is I don't think this episode's <laughs> any better than the previous one. I think the only thing it, it had going for it is that it concluded this arc <laughs> we can get past the confusion now that's that's something i think really the entire security house unit arc is is pretty confusing but the kenzo part of that arc that sub arc with kenzo and dragon's dream is the most confusing thing i experienced mm -hmm. in the part six uh manga so i'm not surprised it's the same thing here with the anime although i will say david production did the best that they could with yeah, these, these two episodes i think it's still solid episodes that they produced um but we're just gonna be here to talk through it and try to figure out what's going on because i still have lots of questions so let's jump into it um what were your high level thoughts about this episode the second arc of kenzo and dragon's dream Nothing. Like, <laughs> I, 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 like I was watching this the second time around, just waiting for it to, to to be done. I mean, of course, it's it's satisfying to see how Foo Fighters manages to to get out of her her scrum with Kenzo. But I'll kind of talk about this. And we can discuss this later. But I feel like this is something that we've seen previously with another stand user. Like just the the situation and how, or like the anime scheme that had to come into play to get out of the situation. I also have an issue with Anasui in this episode too. Even though I know you you talk so highly of, about him, uh -oh. but yeah, like with this episode, I just I was just happy to get out of the confusion and seeing Kenzo get his just desserts. What did you think? Um, I thought that, yeah, the, the ending for Kenzo was very satisfying. Um, but I think the one unsatisfying part of it is that it's not Foo Fighters necessarily that defeats Kenzo. Foo Fighters does all of the work in fighting Kenzo for these two episodes only to have... I wouldn't say the glory stolen by Anasui. Like, Anasui did what he needed to do, right? Somebody had to stop Kenzo. Foo Fighters was incapacitated at that time. Jolene was, like, bleeding out. So he stepped in to do what needed to be done. It just kind of sucks that, like, at the end of the day, it wasn't Foo Fighters that got to defeat the villain or the enemy stand user that she was 
spending a lot of time fighting against. <laughs> it's kind of like um, you have a hero that's bleeding out against an enemy, and then one punch man comes in and just stops stops them single-handedly. Well, it's it's <laughs> basically like the end of part four, how Josuke spends all that yeah, time feeding, okay. uh, feeding? <laughs> Defeating? fighting oh, Yoshikage Kira, and then Jotaro swoops in and has the killing blow, essentially, and takes all of the glory. Again, he did what needed to be done, right? Somebody had to finish him off. And, you know, that's that's how teams work, right? Like, it's maybe it's not always one person that does all of the work. You need your team members to step in and help out when needed. Team member, huh? Yeah. Well, <laughs> we'll talk about that a little bit later. <laughs> but for now, JoJo fans, it's time to spring ourselves into our synopsis and discussion for Part 6, Episode 18, Enter the Foo Fighters. Foo Fighters fortunately survives her deadly haircut from Kenzo Osasagio and tries to replenish her HP with a nearby fire hose. But guess what? Kenzo anime schemes once again and straps her in for an electrifying hairdo this time. But guess what? Foo Fighters out anime schemes Kenzo's anime scheme by applying the power of perspiration to prank the pensioned prisoner into presuming he was placed in a preferable position when in reality he is in a prime place to power up beyond a person's potential. Jolene jumps back in to save her plankton posse from turning into fish fillet when Kenzo Shinzo woes one more Sasageo to try and finish FF off. But guess what? Anasui finally makes himself useful by having Diver Down turn the aging antagonist into a one-man circus act that adds a little more spring to his step. Elsewhere at an undisclosed Speed Waifu Foundation site, Daddy Jotaro tries his hand at comatose yoga, though I'm not sure how effective it is in opening his chakras. Somebody please save this sweet, sweet tsundere's skin. And now onto our next segment of the show, is that a music and or fashion reference where we document any and all nods, homages, and tributes that this extraordinary anime makes to the ordinary world of music and or fashion. There is none for this episode, as there shouldn't be. There should be nothing significant in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe how much I'm hating these two episodes. But. <laughs> I mean, Kenzo's pretty gross. We'll talk about that. Um, but now it's time for the JoJo meme rundown where we list each new JoJo meme that appeared in this episode and there are none. So there you go. <laughs> two for two. As always, if we missed any from this episode, please do reach out and let us know. All right, so the episode starts off with Foo Fighters freaking out because she needs water. And I keep thinking to myself, in the previous episode, there was water all over the fucking floor. Yeah. And there were bodies all the bloated. bloated yeah. yeah, bloated with water all over the place. And then suddenly, they're all gone. I'm like, what the fuck? Where did all of the bodies go? Like, do they just disappear? I don't know. Yeah, Florida's humid, so you can't say that the water dried up. Right. And not even that quickly in the span of like how long this fight takes. Yeah, and you notice there's less bodies scattered around as Kenzo and Foo Fighters are duking it out. Because Foo Fighters in the previous episode literally jumped out of a bloated body. So she could just mm -hmm. jump right back into one. But yeah, I don't know. That's a To me, that's a big plot hole for this arc is the fact that all of the water on the ground and all of the bloated bodies suddenly are nowhere to be found when Foo Fighters needs water. We don't need no water. And I, don't, <laughs> I don't know the rest. And then Kenzo starts talking about his past, the past 40 years, all of his training. 
and all of that manifesting, he's just manifesting his stand, like his focus on feng shui and luck and all of that manifested into his stand. And I'm confused because at first I thought that his stand was a disc, but I don't think that's the case. It's not a, a disc stand from um, Pucci or from White Pucci. Snake. Yeah, I think it's an actual man. So, so he says it's a manifested stand, meaning he has it on his own. Uh, but then I'm wondering, have we ever learned of somebody just fucking manifesting a stand who wasn't hit by a stand arrow or wasn't born of somebody who was already a stand user? Wasn't didn't Avdol just have a have magician's red manifest no i think he said in part three that like he's had it his whole life or like since he was a kid which i would assume he doesn't specify but i would assume if he had it since he was young similar to like a josuke or um who else was young at the time well i guess it's josuke um like maybe something triggered in the lineage that allowed him to have a stand or maybe he was born with his stand power like a Jolene because someone in his family um, has it. I can't recall of any other character saying a, a stand just manifested in the middle of their life with no connection to the stand arrows, um, no no poochie discs or white snake discs or no um, lineage with a stand already present. So if somebody listening knows of another character in the anime that has actually manifested a stand that we're just not thinking of please reach out and let us know because this is the first i'm hearing of this i think so then as this fight's ensuing jolene starts going at anasui saying you need to go help foo fighters why are you just standing there not doing anything and he basically refuses to do so but clarifies it's because he only agreed to protect jolene and on top of that Foo Fighters only wants him to protect Jolene. Um, apparently, at some point, Foo Fighters made it known to Anasui that after seeing how badly injured Jolene is, she did not want Anasui to leave her side. He, he, she wanted Anasui to stay with Jolene because she was too gravely injured. And that's just Foo Fighters being a real one, as always. Hmm. Okay, maybe that's, that kind of factors into something. Is else. that why you got mad at Anasui in this episode? We'll, we'll still get to okay. that, though. But... <laughs> Okay, <laughs> but, you know, I think it's funny when Jolene just tells Anasui, don't just stand there and explain things, which is, <laughs> I feel like that can apply to a lot of characters in anime who just watch fights, but you can't say that to, like, Speedwagon. He was born for that role. Yeah. Of, like, hype man. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So in the middle of the fight then, um, Foo Fighters, I guess, re purposely removes her arms by touching Dragon's Dream so that she can fit in the hose and reach the water. But before she's able to do so, her own arms strike back at her and cause her to fly out of the hose. I'm confused because in the last episode, we were kind of talking about uh, what our assumption is that like, Kenzo can control, um, like he can in intend where his his hands need to go but using dragon's dream conceals that path from point a to point b so that mm -hmm. the enemy can't predict it but here maybe it's just foo fighters not knowing how to use dragon's dream but here again her arms go into dragon's dream and then just go berserk and then fly back at her instead of you know moving in a useful direction so our understanding is sort of like dragon's dream is sort of like a portal where, like if I were to stick my hand in the portal, it would just end up where that portal is. If I were to pull it out, my arm would just stay, or go back to its original position. Sort of, yeah. Like there's an intended end destination for your arm, 
but Dragon's Dream will conceal that path so that your mm -hmm. enemies don't know what the fuck you're trying to do or they can't follow what's going on. But here it's just like the arms took on a life of their own and yeah. pressed Foo Fighters. So then I, I like that confuses me, right? Like again, I'm gonna have tons of questions in this episode. That confuses me because is it just because Foo Fighters is not skilled with Dragon's Dream? Is it because Dragon's Dream is not her stand? Um, or is it because Dragon's Dream only brings her worse luck? Because I think Kenzo at some point right after that says, like, you're only gonna get worse luck or something like that with with my stand activated at this time. So I don't quite know what's going on here. Uh, I'm just kind of talking through it. The options that I see of like what could actually, or the explanations that I see of what could be going on here. Um, but I don't know, maybe one of those is correct. Says here in the JoJo Wiki, which we've been using as our crutch a lot for Dragon's Dream. If Kenzo can force someone to touch Dragon's Dream's sphere, it also counts as a successful attack, which results in an quote-unquote accidental injury for the target. So oh. I think if if you're not Kenzo, then the stand will work against you, even though it's supposed to be a neutral stand. Yeah, I think... <laughs> I think maybe the sentient part of the stand and like the directions that it points. Well, no, I think the sentient part of the stand is neutral. I think the stand actual ability is like pointing. It's loyal to Kenzo. Yeah, because it's only it's only ever pointing in a way that is beneficial beneficial to Kenzo. Um, but I think it's like actual thought processes. Like, well, I'll I'm neutral, so I'll still give hints to the enemy. The other weird thing is, she like Foo Fighters says. Or I think Jolie, whoever says that Foo Fighters removed her arms to sneak into the hose. How the fuck do you sneak into the hose? If you look really quick, there's a giant slit. Um, so like it's almost like she cut or something was cut. Um, like they like cut a slit in the hose, and she probably wiggled her way down there. It's it's super uh, fast. It's when uh. they're panning across the hose, and I think Dragon Stream is like floating above it. I did notice it was an actual slit there. Who would have put that slit there? <laughs> I, she probably i don't know cut it or something i have no mm, idea i don't okay. know <laughs> again questions galore um and then after this whole exchange we see a set of insane coincidences that get ff into the chair and get it activated um all through like her falling down the stairs with the hose the hose like flings her onto the chair. The hose then bounces into the control room. Um, a piece of it flies off and like opens the flap to activate the chair. And a ring like bounces on the, the actual switch and turns it on. And suddenly it's counting down a minute 30 until the chair activates. And then it gets worse because then she keeps getting stuck to the chair by getting caught on different things. Um, she then shoots at Kenzo when she finally gets away from the chair in an attempt to reach the water that's falling from the ceiling. But when she shoots at Kenzo and all the bullets miss, one actually does kind of hit him, hits his necklace, a bead falls down, she trips on that bead um, and then falls back into the chair and then gets fried by the chair. That string of coincidences was nutty to watch. I was trying to follow it, and I'm like, what the fuck is happening here? You know that gif of Patrick Starr uh, in SpongeBob where his brain is, like, frying? I know, like, Foo Fighters, like, she <laughs> physically fries in this episode, but that's, that's me processing 
all of the bad luck that Foo Fighters is encountering in this moment leading up to the electric chair. Yeah, and they kind of foreshadowed that in the previous episode where Foo Fighters looks in the wrong direction and as the gate is closing on that guard's head, his glasses like fly up and like hit her in the face, right? Like that bad luck, that that coincidence. Here we see it in its extreme form. We're like moment after moment after moment is just another bad coincidence until she gets fried in the chair. Um, but the the interesting thing here is that Dragon's Dream says they should be neutral, but reveals that Foo Fighters got to water somehow um and i think it was thanks to kenzo himself sweating and now i'm going to try to reconstruct what what dragon's dream sex i'm a bit confused as well about this part well really quick before you get into that we have the stand stats for oh, okay yeah, yeah. Let's, let's do that first good, good call um and uh, as, as always we'll share the visual uh in the discord of the stand stats i catch but yeah we get a reintroduction to foo fighter stats and Destructive power is at B, speed is at A, range is at C, durability is at A, precision and accuracy is at C, and development potential is at B. I guess durability-wise, like even though <laughs> Foo Fighters Plankton were nearly fried to a crisp, they were still strong enough to hold on until Jolene helped them, or helped, <laughs> helped Foo Fighters semi-defeat uh, Kenzo. Well, okay, wait, first question. It's not the first time we're seeing Foo Fighters stand stats, right? We've probably seen them in the first core, but we didn't go over stand stats until the start of our part three reviews. And so when we did Still in Ocean part one, I omitted talking about these eye catches. So I'm sure there was an episode in the first core that went over Foo Fighters stand stats. Hey, always good to review it or revisit it. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I think revisit it <laughs> because it's been a while, I'm sure, yeah, since since these stand stats were first introduced. So yeah, as you mentioned, we'll, we'll drop that in the Discord as well so everyone can see that. So moving back to my uh, yet another question from me about what the fuck's going on here. So the Dragon's Dream part, um, again, Dragon's Dream says that they should be neutral or it should be neutral as Kenzo's stand but tells Kenzo that Foo Fighters actually was able to access some water, that water being Kenzo's own sweat. Um, and then, okay, what I what I gathered is that Dragon's Dream was saying that Foo Fighters gathered that water or that liquid around Dragon's Dream to create a mirror, kind of in the way she foreshadowed in the beginning of the episode when she kind of had like a drop of water come down from her finger and said, I need to create a mirror to see what's going on behind me. And that mirror flipped the image or like reversed the image of Dragon's Dream so that Kenzo actually was misreading the assassination direction the entire time. Is that at all accurate or what you gathered in this part? I don't fucking know. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just thought it was just floating beads of sweat that just happened to reflect Dragon's Dream's real position, but in a different location where Kenzo thought that was the lucky position. That could be it. I don't really know. This, then, is, this is the most confusing thing, I think, of this episode. But then have we ever seen Foo Fighters use her ability to make water float? No, but apparently there are plankton in that water that's that she's using with Dragon's Dream, and that's how she's able to survive because when that water hits the ground, 
um, after Kenzo gets fried, there's plankton in there, and that's what Jolene goes for in order to move that plankton over to the the crispy Foo Fighters body to then repair it. Mm. So I know you said that you know there's some durability to Foo Fighters. I don't think it's durability necessarily that kept her alive. It's because she was able to separate some of the plankton and mm. then bring that plankton back to her through Jolene's string. Okay. I mean, it ranges at sea, but it wasn't like a, like, it was close range for Foo Fighters to move around in. Um, another thing I was thinking about is have we seen this sort of, like, anime scheme before in JoJo? Like, with, with mirror or like just reflections? I'm thinking of, like, Hanged Man from part three. I mean, but, kind of a different. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that wasn't, like, Polnareff using the mirror. Well, no, I guess, like, the reflections, because Hangman could only go from one reflective surface to another, so eliminating the reflective surfaces forced Hangman to go in the direction Polnareff wanted. But it was, like, different than what Foo Fighters is doing here. Hmm. I don't know why I was thinking that we saw this before. I think another instance was, like, with the sun. Like, the one exploit is that... <laughs> Like I forget who notices the the reflection of a was it a rock out in the open? Yeah, and then that's what caused uh, the stand or like the the Crusaders to finally figure out how to defeat the sun. But well, I I, w- I was originally thinking we've seen this this comeuppance before. Why is it being repeated again? But I think it's my mind was think like it's it's actually just like you said presenting it in a different sort of way. And just as Foo Fighters did earlier in the episode, Jolene then flings her ass down the stairs to reach Foo Fighters. And I mean flings herself down the fucking stairs to reach Foo Fighters. Um, And Anasui is shocked by it, no pun intended, because he's like, what the fuck are you doing? Uh, Jolene notices that Dragon's Dream is still present, meaning, surprise, surprise, Kenzo is somehow still alive. Um, And Anasui being very observant of Jolene, notices what she's actually trying to do, which is saving Foo Fighters. And so he runs in to protect Jolene so that she can then save Foo Fighters from her crispy demise. And that's when Kenzo puts his nasty old ass fried foot in Jolene's mouth. And I thought that was like the grossest thing from this episode. It's just so gnarly. It's it's almost as gnarly as seeing his like accordion or spring looking legs towards the end of the episode. I think it's just a little bit more gross to know that his nasty ass foot was in Jolene's mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I mean it was it was a quick flash of that scene, but um I realized after the fact that the foot was inserted in her mouth. Uh and then after this point it's it's on a suey like we don't see it yet. But Anasui had rushed in to save Jolene and sends Kenzo flying up the staircase. And this is what I was referring to earlier. I feel like all of this could have been over with if Anasui just fucking stepped into the fight at the very beginning. But again, doing so put Jolene in a vulnerable place. But Uh wouldn't just Kenzo's existence already put Jolene in a vulnerable place. So it's like a like yeah. an indirect indirect way of protecting Jolene. 
Yeah, I guess you could say so. <laughs> but if if both Foo Fighters and Anasui lost in that instance, then Jolene is shit out of luck, and then she dies. But then we <laughs> we see here like like Jolene or not Jolene, Anasui figures out Kenzo's stand right away. Right, he's like, oh, I know how he's using the orientation, and it, it's meant to show his lucky spot. This took Foo Fighters and Jolie, like their combined brain power, the two episodes to figure this out. You're right. <laughs> I know. And honestly, he could have acted quicker. I, I agree. Honestly, he could have acted quicker to protect Jolene. Um, but I think in his mind, he's he's wanting to find the most direct way to protect her. Mm, to win her over. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly, Anasui is selfish. A lot of what he's doing, at least in these initial episodes, is because he wants to be with Jolene, not because he wants to help Foo Fighters. Um, mm. But he's not hiding it either, right? So there, there's, like, the toss-up. Like, yeah, his, his motives may be selfish but he's not trying to deny it either and it is still to the benefit of jolene so you know (laughs) (laughs) this is starting to sound like hisoka basically same voice actor yeah it's it's like this this guy's typecast or something and speaking of anasui though i mean jolene after um kenzo gets KO'd, um, recognizes Anasui's potential after seeing what Diver Down does to Kenzo's legs and wonders if he's an ally. So she's obviously still trying to warm up to him because they've only known each other for like half an hour at most. And Anasui then is like, fuck yeah, keep looking at me like that. (laughs) (laughs) Again, he doesn't try to hide what he's after. (laughs) This point of the episode it just went goofy as fuck. Yeah. Like, the whole thing, the whole fight with Kenzo, you have like the dramatic music playing and then, you know, Kenzo shouting all his villainous platitudes. It all just stops once like Diver Down, like Anasui uses Diver Down to rearrange Kenzo's bone structure. And then you have, like, it just turns into a, a one-man circus with Kenzo just springing everywhere. And it's just funny that the the episode dedicates a, a good amount of time to us just watching Kenzo spring around the whole place. And you were actually chuckling to yourself every time that came because up. Because <laughs> it was so stupid. I mean, it, it's it's nice that it's kind of reducing this once thought undefeatable pro, uh, antagonist to some some kind of clown, I, I guess. Yeah, it's it's a good way for him to go out because he's so overly confident the whole time saying like, I was a leader of this group and I was respected. And now, yeah, p- people are clowning on him because he's he's a human spring and he's stuck in a bucket. And how did he get to like shrink so small to fit into a bucket? Diver down. Like rearranging all those his... legs like an accordion. Okay. They squished. <laughs> they should have played an accordion sound. Yeah. Like in SpongeBob. Again, going back to Patrick. Remember when he the rock smashed on his on his head? Yeah. <laughs> Quick shout out to our patron Jesse James, who I think for the previous episode or maybe two episodes ago in our Discord um called out that Diver Downs stand design actually looks like a diver. And I genuinely did not notice that. 
I was like, what the fuck? That obviously makes perfect sense because its name is Diver Down. But I never like looked at it long enough to notice that, yeah, its design is very much like a diver, like a scuba diver and has like a scuba Steve <laughs> and has like very ocean like colors, um, like the the turquoise or maybe even like seafoam green, the yellows and the the purples and whatnot. So yeah, thank you, Jesse James, for calling that out because I just never took the time to look at Diver Down and never realized that he has scuba gear on his back. I think Jesse James also pointed out, you know, like Survivor highlighting like the most dominant muscles of any given character. It highlighted Jolene's middle finger. Oh shit! <laughs> the masturbation scene. Oh god! I thought you meant like the middle fingers and like she flicks people or flips people off because remember the the fuck you gestures I mean, around yeah, the world. That but too. I guess yeah, the masturbation too. It's like a little wink and a nod. And then at the end of all of this, we have yet another post-credit scene where we get a glimpse into the current status of Jotaro Kujo. My boy. He is alive, quote unquote, I guess, and hooked up to a lot of fucking machines and sitting upright and not wearing a jacket. That's pretty rare for him to not have a jacket on. So uh, soak that one up. Yeah, it was just, I think this is the only time and that like there's one more uh, at the beginning of the next episode, but one of the few times we see Jotaro in the second core. And <laughs> it made me a little bit sentimental the first time around. It's like, oh. I have a lot to say about the start of the next episode because there are there is a very sentimental opening scene for um, for the next episode through Jolene's point of view when she talks about Jotaro. And I just... I ate that up. I, I am so excited to talk about what comes next after Kenzo and um, I almost said Diver Down. What comes next after Kenzo and Dragon's Dream and just the nice reminder that we get that Jolene's whole goal is to save her dad. And that brings us to our final thoughts for part six, episode 18, Enter the Foo Fighters. So did this episode deliver a shock to your system? Uh, it delivered confusion to my system. <laughs> I mean, as we said before in the previous episode and this episode, I'm not going to go on too much about it. It was confusing. Um, it still is confusing. We're kind of talking through it the best that we can, but even then, we're not quite sure how to explain a lot of what happens with this Dragon's Dream arc. But the the arc is over, and for what it was, it was still enjoyable and a very intense fight where Foo Fighters really got the shit kicked out of her. I mean, she went from getting beat on to her head sliced open to all of these horrible, really bad luck, like poor coincidence things, um, to getting fried <laughs> at the very end of this arc. So if anything, it is an intense fight, a very formidable um, enemy stand user with a very unique stand. But I would say, compared to a lot of what else we get in part six, this is going to be one of my least favorite enemy stand user fights. What about you? This episode actually made me glad. Glad that this arc was finally over. <laughs> uh, I would say overall, it's it's a satisfactory ending to a just okay mini arc where we see Foo Fighters eloquently exploit a flaw in Dragon's Dream to escape this relentlessly annoying antagonist who just turns into a, a, a one-night like, comedy show <laughs> by the end of it. And 
to to what you said earlier, I can't believe that they were doing Foo Fighters dirty like that, where I thought that this was going to be the end of Foo Fighters. And so it's just Jolene and Anasui from this point on. And whenever Weather Report fucking shows up. <laughs> I mean, it's not the end of Foo Fighters yes. yet. So I was going to say, they, this episode nearly had me with her almost suffering a morbid fate. But yeah, something tells me that this is going to be a little bit like Avdol all over again. But on the bright side, it was good to see Jotaro again, even if for a brief moment, to remind us who Jolene, and I guess us as a JoJo family, who we are fighting for. And just making sure that he's back, he's back to health is worth all of this bullshit. <laughs> Well, I'm sure we'll have much more um, of an exciting time talking about Birth of the Green, which is the next episode. And as always, we'll continue to keep you guys updated on, or at least share reminders about what our review schedule will be now that we have the confirmation for the final part of Stone Ocean. But continue to look forward to weekly review episodes here on Strictly JoJo. The fun never stops. Hey, I'm happy about it. Again, if I don't have to wait for the rest of Stone Ocean, I'm perfectly fine with that. So it's going to be interesting to switch our schedule around, but I'm we're happy to do it. And it's going to be a very uh, wild ride in this last core. That's all I can say. But thank you, everyone, for listening and supporting Strictly JoJo. We appreciate you guys so, so much. Subscribe to Strictly JoJo on your favorite podcast service. Join our Discord to chat with us. Follow us on Instagram at The Strictly Series, on Twitter at Strictly Series, and check out our website, thestrictlyseries.com. If you'd like to support the show, then head over to patreon.com slash the Strictly Series and tune into Strictly Anime, our other podcast for anime reviews and discussions. All links are in the description. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy, stay weeb. To be continued. This anime premiered back in 2012 with the first episode of part one, Phantom Blood, Dio the Invader, and Ho. <laughs> and Ho? <laughs> oh, Calling Dio a Ho? <laughs> <laughs>